There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast. This is episode 81. My guest today is uh, Randy Lewis, one of the best wrestlers in the United States history. He was an Olympic champion in 1984. He was a two-time NCAA champion, three-time NCAA finalist, uh, and he's here for us today. Um, Mr. Lewis, you made you made two Olympic teams, right? You made 1980 and 84, but they boycotted 80, 1980. Is that right? Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about it, and and everybody's got their um, could uh, could have things or whatever. But if you would have been able to wrestle in 1980, um, there's a good chance you would have won it, and then you won it in '84, and you were really close to making the '88 Olympic team. Um, John Smith, uh, you lost two out of three matches to him, who went on to be one of the greatest ever. But if you would have made that team, you had beaten Stefan Sarkeesian. I watched that match a couple nights ago. You had beaten him, so there's a chance that you could have been a three-time Olympic champion. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but your your college career, you were um, you made the NCAA finals as a true freshman, which is miraculous even now. But back then, it was almost unheard of, right? Well, it wasn't almost. You know, a few people had done it, but very few freshmen had made. Yeah, you 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 sure did have a, a you know, I was watching your Olympic final and 
probably probably the best ma- match I ever had was two weeks after after I won state my senior year of high school. My brother and I wrestled in the front yard and for probably a half an hour, and we got like one takedown apiece, but we were just scrapping, you know, and we weren't worried about anything, and we were just wrestling. And, and he was always better than me and older and all that, so... Um, but watching you wrestle reminded me of that, except you were able to do it on the biggest stage. I mean, your Olympic final was was the highest scoring in history, and it was crazy. I mean, he he had you off your feet. You were completely draped over him, and you locked up a, a, a like a crotch lift. And I I've, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember that. Um, and well, I had a, I had a counter like people used to pick me up in the air and Uh-huh. And I think he felt that. So then I just, I just, 
I, I, I that was a move that I had made up because uh, people all, they finish different every time, and I have several things that I do in there. That was one of them that I added, and that's because I left people sitting me up in the air uh, in the double leg, and I inside fist into his back, and uh, this, this move that I get picked up in the air in the double leg, and that I still put the shake down. <laughs> I got to tell you this story. Another good story about that move is that. Uh, Dan Dresser, Kevin, Kevin Dresser was a national champion at Iowa, now the head coach at, at Iowa State. And, and uh, um, his brother Dan was uh, like 158 pounder for like, uh, uh, I think it was Point of Vista College. I, I don't know if they were NAI or Division Three. And he came to work, came to stay with Kevin one summer doing, doing the camp. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he was big and strong and long, long at 158. So I worked out with him one day and, uh, Right away, I, I, I like to let people in deep on my legs and see what I got. He picked me up in the, in the double leg, and I slid off. And then as he went to me down, I slid off to the his under the shoulder and rolled him, rolled him onto his back. And then uh, he did, and then I let him in again. He did the same thing. And I, I remember, I said, I'm going to see how many times I could get in with the same move. <laughs> and he, he shot in and double legged me. Morning, I counted. 24 times. And I took it down to the same counter 24 times. And people asked him, how'd you do it, Lewis? So I didn't really know. I got it on the table. Like 20 times in a row. <laughs> I didn't think it down, but I got it good. <laughs> well, man, when you're that... When you're that good, it's like having a damn superpower. It really is. I mean, when you're the best wrestler in the world... And you can do the things you do because not only were you, uh, you know, very successful, but like you said, you mentioned uh, you were one of the most prolific pinners ever. Uh, ever, um, I think in high school we, we had forty-five straight pins. Is that right? Yeah, I had forty-five pins in a row. Yeah, in a row. The match weight, the match weight, I didn't didn't pin. I pinned like one hundred and fifty-five and uh, you know. Uh, it was a guy from Bismarck, North Dakota, and uh, it was in Dickinson. And I felt I had him pinned at least twice and probably three times. I had him stuck flat. I had him back. And I remember looking at, this is funny how, this, how things change, but I, I remember I, 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 had, I, had, I had his wrist back and I had his ankle ankle trap and I did a fast move with the shimmer recording out on the and I looked and I could see his shoulders were just flat and I looked right at the ref I remember looking at him I didn't say anything and I didn't start for like six seconds straight and I'm like what What in the heck are you not seeing it? Yeah. So I could see both shoulders and they didn't call it and then they gave the guy a standing ovation up there and he broke my streak were you good from the start when you were like when how old were you when you started and when you were you good from the start? Uh, I was in fifth grade and you know I wrote a story called the toughest kid on the block where I told about that where I found a way to believe I could win. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know any wrestling moves hardly. I knew a double leg. I just wrestled like they taught us wrestling in our PE classes. We had we had I had some unofficial matches like like just. Um, and not even with, you know, guys that were bigger, not even with anybody my weight because I was so small. But I wrestled, you know, uh, like guys 10 pounds down here. And we, they have 
the gym, like in gym class with that master. Right. Not just, you know, and we didn't even know what we were doing. But, I, um, um, and at that, that time, I had, uh, I had set that the year before, I had set, when I was in fourth grade, I had, or something, I had set the, uh, school record was fourth. I did 18 fourth. I tied it. And, um, I used to ask the kids before I was, so then I remember going to the city tournament, and it was my first real tournament, I won the city tournament, and it was like, there were two-minute matches, I mean, two two-minute periods, mm-hmm. and I, I just double-edged everybody I could do, and I wouldn't let go, and I, I didn't really know the rules, and I won every match, like, four to one or four to two, I, I knew, like, a double-leg, and a half-nelson, and, and a switch, and a stand-up, and that was about it, mm-hmm. and... Um, I, I got a penalty point against me in a lot of matches because of locking hands on top because I wouldn't let go. Yeah. I didn't really know the blows. Or I choked them because um, I was ordinary. And uh, um, I, I, I ended up winning the city tournament. Then I won a regional tournament. And then I, I remember going to the state meeting, seeing some of these guys that had been wrestling for a couple of years. And, and like the first, the, my first match was against the guy who got second in the state the year before. And he was like in his third year, even though he was he was younger than me by a year. Yeah. And he had the metal. He had some jackets with some metal medals on it, or something, or a t-shirt with medals on it. The year before, and I was like, oh wow. And I was kind of afraid. And then I asked him how many pull-ups he could do, and he said he could do 15. I said, well, I could do 15. So I thought I'm gonna win because I'm stronger than him. And I beat him four to three. And uh, we ended, I ended up winning, and I beat like three different guys, four to two and four to three. And, and uh, I, I went like six and all, and I won state that first year. And then, then I started going to wrestling camps the summer after that. And the, the same guy that I beat four to three, the next year I beat him nine zero. And so, and and that was my closest match. And then I, in sixth grade, I went to my first national tournament. And it was the AAU's 1971 first national tournament. And, you know, I won because I, I asked everybody how many pull they could do. And nobody could do, the next year, by the next year, I could do 20. And, uh... <laughs> and, you, said, and you would ask I, every kid? Yeah, how many pull he could do. <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, um, none of them could do more than me. And, um, I used to think I could win that. It's, you know, you have to find a reason to believe you're going to win. Yeah. And I don't know how I figured that out. My dad and I helped. My dad helped me about that because he was the one that, when, when I, I said, this guy was strong, he was tough. And last week, my dad actually was the first one that said, ask him how many thoughts. And I asked him that I, and I could do more. So then, I said, see, you're stronger than you can beat him. Yeah. I think that's great, man. Yeah, I, and so then, and I wrote it, I wrote this in my story, the toughest kid on the block. And then I said, well, what if, I remember thinking like, this isn't the best kid in the state, like when I wrestled the first time. What if he lived back in Rapid City and went to my Meadowbrook grade school and I couldn't beat him? And what if he lived, lived next door to him, next door to me and I couldn't beat him? I wouldn't be the toughest kid on my block. Yeah. And I talked about how I believed in that before myself. And then when I wrestled the Russian in Rapid City, the two-time world champ in 1980, and the guy who did their election, the two-time world champ, and played second and third, the other, other made four world teams, or five. And the worst he did was third. And uh, um, I had lo- I was zero five against the Russians at that point, and I saw where Gene Mills was pinning the Russians, and I thought I was better at my weight than Gene Mills was. And we went over to see him 
Mills won it, and um, I didn't win, but I felt like, uh, I tell you what, it, 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 it's, uh, you have to win by quite a bit in publicity back then to win a match, because the referees, you cannot believe it, you can't even describe how bad they were the three over Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I, I lost to the guy that won, I then the guy that got second over there, uh, and, uh, but I, and I lost the guy that won in the match. Was, I was ahead two zero in the first period, and I shot a single. I, you know, I used to shoot more back then. I shot a single leg, and he he tilted me for two, and I just barely broke ninety, and they called a fall in the first minute of the match. Wow. Was, you know, so anyway, I wrestled. Uh, um, when I came back to Rapid City, people asked, "Well, how are you going to do it?" I said, "You know what? I looked up my record in Rapid City, and I was fifty and zero with forty eight ten, and the other." that I didn't pin him win were 12-0 and 20-21-1. And I felt like I had both those guys pinned and the rest didn't call. And I go, so I'm going to do what I do. And I go, I'm not wrestling the best guy in the world. Uh, this is what he comes back to Rapid City and I don't beat him. I won't be the toughest kid on my block. Yeah. But we're not wrestling that. So in 1980, I pinned him and he would have been their guy. He was the number one guy for them to wrestle in the Olympics. Uh, but he got hurt before nothing, so his alternate went and won the gold. And I never did wrestle the guy that won the gold. But I beat the guy, I turned the guy to beat him, and I turned the guy that got second, third, and fourth in the Olympics that year at, at my weight. So you, uh, so I turned my last, I my last eleven guys that I wrestled internationally. I went and wrestled two tournaments over there in, in Hungary and East Germany, and and pinned the guy that got second, third, and fourth in those three tournaments. And uh, um, I was, I was. I was actually way better in 1980 than Southgate. I was uh, I I was in great state back then. And my senior year in college, I dislocated my elbow. And I never ever ever in my career gotten as good a shape as I was for three and a half, four years in a row before that. I I never been hurt. I had I said I, I had what I like to call I said I had Tom Brand's gas tank with Randy Lewis skills, and that was pretty hard to beat. Yeah. The, the matches were the matches were nine minutes fast, and um, and and uh, I mean it's like I hardly ever went the distance with a with a foreigner. The, the match be like twelve to twelve in the middle of the second period, and then I score fifteen points in the next minute and ten them. And uh, it was just the way I wrestled. And uh, um, the the college like, matches were nine minutes, or the freestyle matches were nine minutes. The Was that was that probably for you since you had such a good gas tank? You you probably didn't like that, huh? Or did you? No, I did not. I did not. And guys, some of the foreigners could go six minutes with me easier than uh, you know, and then they could stall out easier for six minutes than than, than for nine minutes. Yeah, so, because your style I was. Made, but, but I you know, I made the adjustments and changed my style a little bit, and. and because like I could I could get down six or seven zero in nineteen eighty and come back easy. But 
in a six-minute match, you get to here in 6-0, they, they just rip there, they'll block you off, stuff like that. So, sure. And, and you know, so it was, uh, um, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I've seen I've seen all these pretty much all these matches that you're uh, that you've spoken about, like the Victor Alexiev. I watched that. Um, th- that was cool to see. You were so pumped up after you pinned him, and uh, yeah. and that's great to hear yeah. your your mentality about it. Besides the Olympics, that was the biggest match in my career. That dual meet in Rapid City. Yeah. Yeah. That was more satisfying than either of my NCAA titles. And, uh, um, you know, um, you, you talk about, like, could have, I could have been, could have been a three-time Olympic champ. Yeah, I could have, but I was happy to be a one-time Olympic champ. And, and, you know, there is so many things have to go right at that level. Sure. You know, you, you know, you can lose on a bad call, you can lose because the guy just, you know, those, when you're that good, you, you know, like, every, you, when you're in the world, commented on your thing the other day I was like some of your matches sound more like football scores because uh yeah you know you yeah. were you were so you were so uh you know and I think part of the reason they got that that those guys got so tired like I watched that Jim Gibbons match and I think I think you were down 8 to 2 at one point and by the end of it I think I was not quite down that bad I was down 8 to 4 I watched I okay. watched that's one of my favorite matches because it shows how good Jim Gibbons was he hit some really nice stuff, and it showed the, the, the pace of that match was so high. And it wasn't hand-fighting and shoving pace like some people do. It, it was it, all flurries and all sports. Yeah, it was, and, uh, uh, it was an entertaining match. And he hit some really good stuff, and I hit some real good counters, and I hit some... It, it was a, it, and he was a real tough competitor and great friend of mine, and that was, uh, you know, that was how I wrestled. And, uh, um, was there, was there any, uh, was there any other school you even considered or was it always going to be Iowa for you? Oh, I came very close to going to Iowa State. Okay. Um, my, my senior year in high school, Dave Schultz and I were the two top recruits in the country. And, um, you know, I did with Iowa with Dave Schultz. We were on the same plane, plane there. We, we, we flew back from the Pittsburgh Press Classic, which was the, they changed the name of it now, but that's the one where Pennsylvania wrestled the USA out there. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, and my senior year, so my, my senior year in high school was Dan Gable's first year as the head coach, and Iowa got third that year at the NCAAs, and Iowa State won and Oklahoma State got second. So I narrowed down to those three teams. I wanted to be on a national championship team. I wanted to go where they had big crowds and wrestling was important and I'd be known. And I love wrestling in front of the crowds. I, I live for it, you know. It's like I I came back after winning the gold in '84, very happy with my career. I said I don't care if I ever make a world team again, but the most I wanted to show people how to wrestle, 
and uh, uh, I wanted to go out there. And the best things I'd like were the Russian duo, wrestling against the Russian world champ in front of in America, in front of a big crowd, and, and getting big moves and, and showing the matches. And, and like uh, one of my other favorite matches that I wrestled in 1990, I moved up to 149, and uh, I wrestled Boris Gaia, who won the world in '89 at 149 and uh that that's one of the matches i haven't i haven't watched yet was that that was one of uh that was at 149 in 1990 it was either 90 or 91 um it was when i just moved up to one one 149 um i think it might have been january of 91 okay yeah you, you have such a great memory for for all this stuff like um it might have been january 90 well you know, this match, it's out there on YouTube. You can you can find it on YouTube. And anyway, what I remember about it is, and, you know, like, Leroy Smith, good friend of mine, even though we went through all that stuff back in 84 to make the Olympic team, that was, that was a lot of political stuff. And uh, um, he was the coach for this you and me. He was coaching at USA Wrestling. And I remember he'd be like, there's all these you and me these coaches would be talking to everybody else like strategy like with with it whether it's John Fisher at one twenty five or Barry Davis at one twenty five or whoever we got fourteen or every weight. Okay now you need to keep your left hand down and block this if you like to hit this move. And then they just then Lira just say, Okay Lulu <laughs> let's go show what wrestling's all about now. I said, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that you me I mean I'm wrestling the defending world champ or or the former world champ, I can't remember who six months removed, I mean, I think he's still the world champ, well, he's, he's anyway, um, so I'm left, and, I, and my dad says, you know, you don't need to go put on a show, you just need to do what you need to do to win the match, I said, well, <laughs> <laughs> the way I wrestled was to put on a show, and I thought I'm going to win the match, dad, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm not going to go out there and win this one, two to one, that's not happening, yeah, <laughs> so, that was going to throw a lot of points. And it turns out it was me. I got ahead in 15 to 4 and threw in several times and pinned it. And that was, so that was the way I liked to wrestle. Dude, you, you, you could throw anyone. You almost pinned John Smith in that Olympic trials, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know that that guy's ever been thrown that way besides when you did it. I mean, to, to be, you know, it's one, yeah, thing I, to, it's one thing to be a good I, thrower, but to be able to do it against anyone, it's crazy. Well, I know there are some statistics are some facts about me that are, to me, they even amaze me. <laughs> one of those is I wrestled, I got wrestled John Smith four times that year, and I got back points on him. That was the only time I threw him, but I turned him in every other match with either a kill. I scored back points in every time I wrestled, and in the three and a half matches before I, beat, before I got hurt, before I hurt, I blew my knee out in the last injured my knee in the last match against him. The score between us was twenty six to twenty four. At the point when I got hurt. Wow. And, yeah, man, they and, they were great uh, matches. You guys were the two best in the world, and and it just sucks that sometimes that's how it works out, you know. Um, yeah. Because you guys and should you know, have been wrestling in the Olympic final. I put a, okay, I will tell you this. I was the best I ever wrestled was in 1988 at those Olympic trials. Really? I was, at my, I was way better then than I was in 84. 
I would have probably set Paul his 80, the 88 version version probably would have set Paul the 84 version. Why do you think that is? John Smith beat me when I set my absolute best. Yeah. Well, he was special, and, and so were you. I mean, uh, yeah, those matches are great. I, I watched all three of them um, just a couple nights ago. Um, why do you think you were better? What What do you think made you better in 88 than, than even 80 and 84 when you were so good? You know, and it, it's kind of like in, in 80, I was in way, way better shape than I ever was. That was the best shape of my life. I, and I, I, I was like... Nobody, there were nine minute matches, and but the rules then, like I didn't even know how to do a gut wrench then because if you did a gut wrench, I almost always scored it two to two unless it gets to the really hard thing, so people didn't do it. If you would have tried the leg race then, they would have scored it two to two. You know, they changed the rules a lot. And so, but in 88, I just, uh, I was way bigger and stronger. And I was in 84. 84, I was coming off injuries. And I really just barely got good enough to make the Olympic team. And I had some great wrestlers to beat. Leroy Smith was one of the best I ever had to beat. And Richie Delegata and Daryl Burley was at the weight. Um, so I always had some great guys. But I was just, um, um, in, in 88, I was way more solid. I didn't, uh, I think, I, I, uh, uh, I did a lot of that. Like in the in the Olympics, Jay Robinson was coaching me, and I kept shooting, hitting high crotches or something like that. And uh, I I shot too much for my style. That I made some mistakes. I get some bad shots. I get behind, but usually when they're behind me, I'm still a favorite there anyway. But mm-hmm. um, in in '88, like in in '84, I won 24 to 11 told him that during the match? Size wise, and I probably 
probably had that. This net to give normal weight was probably 136. And by the by that afternoon, maybe not at, at then, but at the end of that tournament, I weighed 151. So I was bigger, so, and it was, yeah. he wasn't top grand yet. He was just a little puppy. And then, um, and, you know, and I had worked out with him, and I knew what he had. And, and I remember, and then after that, then I wrestled him in the, in the first, I drew him first round in the final Olympic trials in the, the ranking tournament. And I turned him in 30 seconds. And I just, I don't know what that is. I remember, I remember talking to him, um, like a couple weeks after that. And I said, and I knew he was, I knew he was really good. And he had such a great attitude. And he, you know, work ethic of uh, Tom and Terry Brand. I don't think anybody in any sport works harder than Tom and Terry Brand. Yeah. And they were so mentally tough. But I, I asked him a couple weeks after that. I said, hey, hey Brands, I got to ask you one thing, you know, we wrestle a lot. I'm older and bigger and beat you real bad in the room. You're like, you've never, hardly ever taken me down. I go, what do you think about, what goes, what was going through your mind when you wrestled me? And he kind of looked at me and he kind of, he took about 30 seconds to a minute, kind of glared his teeth, and this one I knew was going to be really good. You know, you know, I go, like, did you think you could win? You know, and he goes, I would never step on the mat unless I thought I could win. Yeah. And I said, you know what? And I said to him, I never say it back to him. I, 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 so he says that to me, and I said, I said, you know what, Tom? I said, that's a great answer. I said, I love that answer. He said, you were wrong, of course. <laughs> great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I want. Uh, you know, I just wrote a little thing on Facebook, and I talked about Tom Brands having the highest scored match. And that's this one thing I know about Tom Brands. He wrestles hard every second of every practice ever, every match ever. Yeah. And I like when he got he won thirty three to nineteen to nineteen against Josh Gilbert in the semifinals of the NCAA, and Gilbert got a takedown with. Seven seconds to go to make it 30 to 19. Uh-huh. Everybody else, 99% of wrestlers that time would just lay there for the seven, minutes, seven seconds. Tom Brands exploded out. He was pissed when he got taken down. He comes right into a switch, gets ice out, and gets up, and gets the takedown. down. <laughs> and wins 33 to 19. I've always, now that, that's, why, that's why he's so great, because of that effort that he put here. Yeah, he would also do this thing where he would he would sprint back to the middle of the mat and, and, and oh, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was funny to me. I mean, yeah, he was I, just even when I was engaged, you know, I look back in my head, I go, I don't remember ever splitting back to the center. <laughs> and, um, and then I, I watched some films, even in that Gibbons match, you know, I didn't, I didn't split back to the center, even when I was pressed early in the match or at that point, just right, but, um, and that's, you know, I, I, I always look at the score and know what the situation is and know what I got to do to get the test ball. Well, he didn't have test ball just to, to win by eight points. Or to, I, I, I like to look at it and see what the situation is. I just, I, I, I just did a little thinking going back. I didn't switch back, but um, some guys did. And, and yeah, Brand and a lot of the Iowa guys do. And uh, uh, I, 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 I just uh, look back at my look back to see. I had to go watch my matches. Like every time I see some of these guys flip back, 
I like that they do. But okay. <laughs> so that, you gotta give yourself and while the other guy's walking back then figure out what the score is and what you gotta do. And, yeah. and one thing I was always good at doing was figuring out what I needed to do and I remember a man I wrestled a Cuban at one forty nine and it was my first year up there. Um, I think it was in it was in Wisconsin also. Cuban had got like second or third in the world. Can't remember what his name was. There were a couple Cubans that got second to Kazaya at one forty nine. And, and I never left the Kazaya forty nine. But um um I wrestled like three guys that he beat in the finals and I beat them all and uh um um, this guy was one of them, Cuban was one of them, and they, there were two Cubans that, that got second or third in the world, and that I, that I, one that I pinned and one that I, uh, that this one I just beat, and he was ahead of me, but uh, I knew, he, he, there was an overhook move that I, got, you know, I used to stand up straight and overhook and guys sing, sing like that, I'd pull him up and throw him, well, this guy had, he kind of had a, he, he was kind of built like Kenny Monday at 149. He was a lot taller and bigger than me, and that was my first year up. And he, like, snatched my signal, just exploded, and came right up to a bear hug and threw me to my back twice. Got ahead of me 6-0, and then was ahead 7-7-1 seven, seven with, like, um, 30 seconds left in the match. And I still knew how I was going to beat him. And I knew that, okay, now when he's tired, when I overhook him, he's going to put his head down. And I had a move where if I overhook you, and you underhook me to my right side, and you put your head down at all the stall. I, I was really good at the move I made up myself. I shoved his head down to a front headlock to the, to the inside near. So I shoved it across. It was, it was the opposite of a normal front headlock. Mm-hmm. I shoved his head to the other side, and then I hit like a body lock, but it was just off the front headlock. And I basically threw everybody, and I caught Gable on it twice in one practice. So that's when I knew it could work. Yeah. And uh, um, if, if something works on Dan Gable, it's going to work on it. Dude, your stories are awesome. Like, if I if I didn't know they were true, I wouldn't believe them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because no one yeah. no one has stories the way you do. Like, I was losing 20 to 18, and then I threw him for five. And, yeah. I mean, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Okay, speaking of losing by high scores, okay. My my true freshman year, I made the world team at 125, and I, in the process to get there, I beat by 12 points or more, or pinned five former world Olympic team members. Holy shit! For the last Olympic team, okay. And and as a true freshman, I beat I beat Don Bean. I was at him 12 to 3, and, and, and he retired in the middle of the match. I beat Jimmy. I, I was ahead 13 to 3, and I pinned Jimmy Carr, who had already made a World Olympic team. Don Bean was a three time World Olympic silver medalist. And uh, I beat uh, Jack Ryan, who was third in the world the year before, and I was ahead of him 22 to 5 in the second period and pinned him. And, I, and then I beat him 19 to 9. And then I beat Joe Corso, 11 to 7, and, and I pinned him. Then the up uh, uh, in the third match, he pinned me in 12 seconds in the first match, and uh, um, we'll get to that maybe later in the story. But um, um, so I, I had, I had, and that's when you, 
And so I get to the World Championships down in Mexico City, and I was cutting weight really hard, mm-hmm. 125. And uh, we didn't get any food, any good food, and, and I they didn't have water, and you couldn't drink the water. You didn't have Gatorade, and I was, was like, we were unprepared nutritionally there. And I was cutting weight really hard, and I just felt really weak, and I was, I was not to make excuses, but I, I think I could have won the world if they were in the U.S. that year. But down in Mexico City, I felt drained. And mm-hmm. I lost 18, 18 to 10 to Tommy. I mean, he was better than me, and I would have still had to. But I was a step a step lower than I was at trial, but I was in great shape, and I, was, I felt real weak. And uh, I wrestled with Mongolian who hit some. This guy had more stuff than I'd never seen before. He had some, all sorts of... Uh, inside fifth and arms, throw some headlocks, and I left pretty wide open. And, and when I was feeling slow and weak and and having to catch my breath, even a stretch. Uh, uh, so I made the world scene of depression, and, and and I was and Kyle Snyder made the world scene after his freshman year, and that he won the world that year. And I figured out that you don't win the world when you give up thirty points in one match. So I wrestled this Mongolian. <laughs> dude that that's football scores yeah it is yeah how, how many yeah, matches did you have in the 84 yeah. olympics what's that how many matches did you have in 84 at the olympics five, five? and you scored yeah. i believe it was like i think you scored like almost 80 points in well i fought everybody and that's you know, I had my 12 um i was i had my my first my first four matches, I, I saw where it was, I scored 52 points, 52 to 3, and then, I guess, 24 to 11 was that, 76. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, and, and that was, those were all thick balls. Yeah. It was only 12 thick balls. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you tech followed your way through the freaking Olympics. <laughs> I just said you take fold your way through the freaking Olympics and averaged like 25 points a match or something crazy like that. Well, not that. Uh, mostly. Uh, but anyway, here's, here's one thing that I'm... I've wrestled 27, 27 different people that have played first, second, or third in the World Olympics. And I've, I've beat 24 of them. And I scored back points against all 27 of them. Amazing. So they, almost everybody I wrestled, I put on their back at least once. Do you and, know? Do Do you know how many pins you've had over the course of your career? No, I don't. I don't even. I don't know how many matches. I know. I know. I've had four different guys. There are four different guys out there at least that have beat me five times. Uh, 
Andre Metzger beat me five times. Ricky Delgado beat me five times. Uh, Le- Leroy Smith beat me five times. Jim Suzeski beat me five times. But I beat, I beat them a lot, too. Yeah. And, and like those seven guys, um, I think I counted, I need to count see how many of them beat me. I think, I think 12 of them beat me also. And uh, um, I wrestled 20, 24 NCAA champions, and 16 of them were after they were NCAA champions also, and some of them were before. Um, but I wrestled 24 guys that ended up being NCAA champions, and I beat 21 of them, and I pinned 16 of them. Damn. And I put... And I scored back points. The only guy that I did not score back points on of the 24-inch subway champs that I wrestled was John Azevedo, and I beat him 20-14 to 14 without scoring any back points. All takedowns? Well, reversals and stuff and riding time. Okay. Um, I mean, that was... He got some takedowns on me. I got some reversals. I got takedowns. I don't know. It was enough to score 20 for me and 14 for him. Did did you prefer freestyle over folk style? I like them both, and you know, it only took me. People say like, I mean, I wrestled mostly the same, but you know, it's like um, it only took me two seconds to make a difference. I mean, I could wrestle a whole year of police, <coughs> and okay, freestyle season starts in two seconds. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So I could wrestle. I could wrestle freestyle a whole year. Okay. I'm ready. I mean, there's really no difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm showing guys on the back and pinning them, and okay, just I'm using different holes in in collegiate. I I'm not got wrestling here like like in yet. Um, you know, so you know, I was really good. I was really really good on top, both in college and in freestyle, and I was really good underneath in both. Like I reversed when I got the guys took me down. I didn't, when I was underneath in freestyle, I would still be reaching back for reversal switches and uh, hitting, hitting stuff. Putting them, I was never letting them crank on me. I, I did that, my, Jimmy Svesky beat me 21 to 7, he cranked the shit out of me, and I, a couple guys when I was, when I tried to just face out, and I realized, you know what, I know where I'm at underneath, when I, against anybody, if they take me down, I'm not going to just lay there and fight them, I'm trying, I'm getting the reversals even in freestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, I'm not doing stuff like Randy Will, you know, you know, or anything where I go to my path, but sure. I know my position enough, and it was, uh, but for me, uh, I didn't have to train freestyle to wrestle freestyle. I didn't have to train collegiately to, you know, if you fall a sudden, it's just like in the middle, my junior year in college, they I'm wrestling the whole season collegiately, well, I went over and wrestled to Brisbane in the middle of the college. It didn't take anything for me to change to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, to Blissey. That was the I always heard that was like the toughest tournament in the world. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to ask you. Uh, I did want to ask you about. There's so much stuff I want to ask you, but um, I wanted to ask you about Gable. Did you wrestle much with him in in the practice? Probably a lot, or no? You know, I did not. And and here, what, and you got to realize. Okay, it's like when I wrestled him, I weighed 132. And Gable weighed like 158. Now, I'm not quite ready to take on Gable. Then he was only 20, 10 years older than me, so he's 28, mm-hmm. and he's still. I mean, 
Dave was still beating advantage that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I didn't, I didn't wrestle with him, but I remember my junior year in college, I got my weight up to about 147, so Gable had like 11, 12 pounds on me. And, uh, you know, and, and he, and I'd only wrestled him a couple times. He'd take me down, he'd, he'd get on top, and he'd stay on top of you forever. You know, I, I told the first time I wrestled with Gable, he took me down, then he called Domino's and they delivered a pizza and I was still getting ripped. <laughs> so I think Gable even ate the pizza while he was riding. <laughs> <laughs> My riding, I mean turning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so then, um, and, and uh, uh, I really, and then, you know, even when I was 36, I didn't wrestle much. He still could, he still could handle me too easy and it wasn't, you know, that's what I, like, Tom Lamb, I wrestled him hundreds of times. I only probably wrestled. Tom Brands would ask me every day. I got that's what I have to ask Terry Brands and the Steiner boys. And 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 I would beat him so bad that he would keep coming back after me. Now, like he would beat me as bad as I would beat Tom Brands. And like after I wrestled with Gable, and I I didn't mind getting beat that bad boy wise or getting nasty, but it's like. He cranked on me, and like, I, I couldn't wrestle anybody else for a week. I got, every time I wrestled Gable, I had to take a week off. I didn't like doing that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, Gable was so unique in the room, and it's just like, I hardly ever wrestled. And so, and I remember he talked about how good I was when I was a kid. My mental, my mental attitude was just like, um... <laughs> I asked Tom Brands, what do you think about before you wrestled me? Number one, throw him on his back. 
toughest guy you've ever wrestled? What's that? Is Dan Gable the toughest guy you've ever wrestled? difficult is that to you know make an olympic team and then the, and then for reasons beyond your control not be able to to do it was that was that hard for you to recover from or you know it, it, for me it was not because i was really good at the game Um, said that uh, he was 
Milks, he helped me quite quite a bit in a lot of ways. And Sam Desnick was the first one that taught me. And Sam Desnick, I remember him doing the clinic that I was at. And uh, Sam was in, Sam and Jay Robinson were in my corner during the, the gold medal match. And um, Sam was the world champ in 77. And he played Chalice for the Olympic team in 76. And uh, Sam said, this is the impossible leg and this is the nearly impossible leg. So... I got that. I didn't make that up when I say that about myself. Mm-hmm. That's from Sam Desnick. Anyway, Sam said that the injuries that Randy Lewis had are, in the long run, going to make him a better wrestler because he's going to tighten up his technique and make less mistakes. And I, I blew my knee out again in 80, 80, 87. And this 11 months, I was out for injury for 11 months. And I, I was, I trained for four months in 88. And I got in the, the best shape I'd been in since 1980. Mm-hmm. And I was bigger, stronger, and nobody was scoring points. The only one who could score on me the whole year was uh, John Smith. And him and I went 10 to 8, 7 to 5. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch those matches again now, knowing that your style changed a little bit and all that. I, I guess I did notice it a little bit uh, that you weren't quite as wide open, like against you know Smith, but against somebody like that. Um, so I I mean I'm gonna watch it again and 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 look at that stuff. But I was I was kind of marveling at your uh, stance too. I mean a lot of times you just stood almost straight up, and uh, you know I stood. I gotta tell you this. I, I did not stand straight up in 80 or 84. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit in 80, but not very much. And not, they were, uh, um, in 88, I had the size and, and just like, I was, I just felt, I was so solid there of letting people in on me and pulling them up. And at that 36 that year, I, I felt so comfortable there that I, I did not make any, I did not, hit any bad shots like I did in 84 mm-hmm. or 80 and I, I didn't I did not in 88 I did not get in I just feel like nobody could get me in the only guy who could get me in the position where I was any danger at all was, was John Smith and even when I wrestled I wrestled the Russians so I beat 6 to 1 in the Super Bowl and I got ahead 3 to 1 and he couldn't I felt like and it was my first match back at 136 in 4 years it was a dual meet USA versus Russia. It was in Madison Square Garden. And I felt like there were about four different positions where, and this is, they had the rules back then where you could only hit a gut rip one time. Yeah. In a match. Even if, even if you got on top the second time, you could only hit a gut rip. It's just ridiculous how stupid the rules are. So, like, when I wrestled with John Smith, if 
if I got with him was I could not get it again the mask unless I turned him with something else. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. So when I, in the match that I was behind him, by four points, I took him down and gut wrenched him, and he went hand to hand for one. I could not hit a gut wrench again the rest of the match. Unless, unless I got a two or three pointer with another move first. God, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I will tell you this. Sila and they, they, they made the, they continually made the dumbest moves that you can possibly think of. They, they, every four years they changed the rules. You say, God, they got to change it. They got to make it better. And after a string of 28 years, they made the rules worse every single year. Yeah. Swear to God, they did. Yeah. I'm like, what? What in the heck? Although I want to use the effort. <laughs> what in the heck are they thinking? Yeah. If I, like, if I got rid one time, I couldn't do it again in, in 88. Do you, uh, do you like today's rules? I love today's rules. Uh, way better than ever. They, they create a lot of action, and you're seeing, you know, there was an eight-year period where the rules were really, really bad. They were terrible. And um, um, that, that was, uh, I'm thinking, 2004 to 2012. When they had the three, the three periods, where you right. had to win two out of three periods. And the ball draw and all that, yeah, it was crap. Oh my gosh, those were the dumbest rules ever. And all, all of you, and they, they give you a point for seven out of bounds or something like that. Okay, all of it became no wrestling skills. Just, just if you wrestle somebody better, like okay, you're trying to go out there and, and weight challenge. He's very knowledgeable wrestling person. I have tremendous respect for him. And he analyzes things very well. And he said, you know, in the old days, there were three guys that could win this tournament. Now there's ten. And that's because of the rules. Because of when they when they hit the ball grab rules, he says, anybody can beat anybody. It, it, it's easy if you get strong enough and, and they let you stall. When you can stall ten times and not get more than a point for it. Not put down for stalling. Mm-hmm. And, and all you got to do is like, Who's going to go out there? How many people can go out there and outscore Kale Sanderson? Not very many. Right. But you can, you can teach a Russian to put his, put his hand down and get block and stuff like that and go 0-0 zero, zero for two minutes. You can win a coin toss and you get to start in a position, start in the start, start in a position where you're going to win 90. And, okay, what court does this? Yeah. If something goes overtime, it, they want to have something where it's 50-50 points. You know, you have equal chance. Yeah. They went to the ball grab where one guy gets to start in on a high crowd, and he went, the guy who wins the ball grab wins 92%. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. That's ridiculous. So you had all sorts of world championships won by guys who just went in a coin flip. Yeah. And, and you're letting a coin flip besides the world championship. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What sport does that? Yeah, I, I can't believe the people in Sila were so corrupt, and they wanted to have the officials have that. Um, and there were, there was during that time, during that time, the uh, uh, the Russians were getting paid like a million dollars to win Olympic gold and five hundred thousand dollars to win a world title or something like that. Yeah, and nobody else was getting paid. Well, 
What's that? You don't think those Russians were paying anybody off if they thought they were going to beat them? Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 And the referees. Okay, so then, the first year they had that, the first year the Russians started getting paid, I think there was a year, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I, I remember doing the math on it, finding it out, that uh, the Russians had, and this was when they first cut it down to, I think, maybe seven white classes. I can't remember what year it was. 2009, maybe. I don't know. I think that's sure. right. Um, I remember hearing this stat and looking it up, and it, it was correct. They, the Russians, yeah, they went. They only lost one match. They had six gold medals one year, I think, and they had one bronze medal. Okay, and they were 30 ball grabs, and they won. They won the coin toss in 27 of them. And what what sport they had to they had to just and they weren't called ball grabs and they were coin toss or something. Yeah. They were coin toss and the referee would quickly pick it up and switch it. I mean well they they went over to the desk and get a ball. I don't know how they did it, but you can't it was one in a million that you could win twenty seven out of thirty on something that's fifty fifty. Yeah, it was terrible. And, yeah. So there's been a lot of uh uh Such a crock. I've heard about him doing that. They did that to Kerry Collette. Um I've never wrestled to that at that level and all that, but you you put that kind of you know work and all that into it, and then someone just takes it from you, like you know. And I don't think people realize how hard it is to recover sometimes. Like when Jordan Burroughs got beat, um, you know, I had a feeling that he was that 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 might happen because it's so you know when all you're thinking about is winning, and well, then you you don't. You know what you talk about, Jordan Burroughs. No no disrespect to Jordan. Jordan Burroughs twice has come back, got third in the world. And and that the Olympics he, he didn't because that was the only time you know, he was already Olympic champ, five time world champ, or four time five or so. But um when Jordan Burroughs he it's hard enough when you think you're gonna win to, to come back and get third. And my heart goes out to all these guys and I have a lot of respect for guys like the Jim Chuck like Thomas Dello, who was a champion as a freshman 
and then got beat in the semifinals three years in a row after that. So all three years he came back and got third. Yeah. That's his nice there. But it's like and, and Jordan Burroughs has twice come back and got third. Mm-hmm. But um, and that that shows a lot. But but he did not have a match taken away from him that he thought he won. He did not think he was in the finals and then get sent to the Oh yeah, and yeah. That is uh, that is much more difficult to over. Yeah. You, lose, you understand it when you won a match, you thought you're in the finals, and all of a sudden they tell you hours later that you're. You're not the third. That's 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 very hard to overcome. Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't even mean to. I wasn't trying to compare the two by any means because I I can't even imagine. No, I, but Jordan Burrow, uh, he's a great competitor, and I tell you what, but anytime he he's a guy that you know he's going to championships super nice uh humble guy and and uh amazing and he's not done yet i mean there's no telling i think i think it's a damn shame that they've cut it down to six weight classes um you know i i I think it sucks that they've taken away you know wrestling used to be um used to be a sport for literally everyone i mean they had 105 up until the very biggest guy you know and those 105 pounders were so fun to watch Anyone. Um, so. Yeah. And here, let me tell you this. 
another very interesting fact on my career. Like when I was young, I was beating the old guys, and when I was old, I was beating the young guys. So I was, but okay. So I wrestled, I wrestled and beat someone from every single USA World Olympic team from question that uh you're one of the greatest ever and uh I, i'm i'm honored that you're on here and and talking to me i i wanted to ask you um i wanted to ask you about dave schultz were you guys close yeah yeah what, what what's your what's your favorite dave schultz story if you if you can narrow it down to one <laughs> And it worked. 
and Mark Schultz was too strong, I could not. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's on and, and I actually thought I was going to be able to turn him. I was surprised he could stop me. Really? And, uh, and then Dave wanted to get on top of me. I said, no effing way am I letting you get on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I won't. I said, I'm not ever wrestling you. I'm not ever going down against you. ever wrestling you uh, until I retire. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
Yeah, those Schultz boys, man. That's why. Let's see. That's why. Like, when I was wrestling Tom Brands and able to beat him bad, I was a full white cut top. Yeah. And I was, you know, like, he was in college putting in stuff like titles, but I'm I'm pinning guys, I'm pinning world champs at a weight 13 pounds heavier than 15 pounds heavier than 134. Yeah. So, and, and I look like, okay, when I went up to wrestle, when I went up, when I went to 49, I didn't even step on the mat with Jay Schultz. I remember this was a good, uh, and I just, I just went into Kenny Monday and came across at the NCAAs. I got a picture of the three of us together, and I put it on my Facebook page, and it said, Three random guys run into each other at the end of the It turns out they're all they all got Olympic gold medals. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so one time there was a time back in the late nineties uh, down in Scottsdale where Kendall and I had a had a night of uh, libations together. <laughs> yeah. Both retired from Rousey, of course. But you know, soccer every now and then when wrestlers get a few cocktails in them, they they decided that they can go out and wrestle off the off the off the pavement. Right. <laughs> I've been there. Kendall and I ended up doing a couple going to take down and uh, he, he thought he could inside trip me but I had a good counter to it and put him on his back. But I, I caught him with my arms and I had a big old bruise and my elbow swelled up pretty good, but it was worth it. Yeah. And I told him stories I said, You know, Kendall, I said, When you're an Olympic champion and you challenge another Olympic camp, you know, just put down away. <laughs> you don't see me out there, and so I just said, and I brought it up again when Kenny and I, I go, I go, Kendall, right now, you're not challenging me at that time, and you know who I'm not challenging? Kenny Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I go, here, let me give you Bobby Weaver's phone number. <laughs> Man, he was fun to watch too, Bobby Weaver. I watched his Olympic finals not too long ago. Bobby Weaver, Bobby Weaver is one of America's greatest wrestlers ever. He is so underranked because because he's at 105 pounds and he retired after 84. He was so good; it was unreal. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the all-time greats, and nobody recognized that. Yeah, I mean, it, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was. He was 20 years old when he won the silver medal. I mean, he was. He got second in the World Cup when he was a junior in high school. And Shit. He beat the guy who got second in the world that year. I mean, he was. Oh man, he was pinning. He, he pinned. Uh, he had to be styled. He, he ended up being the alternate, but he pinned. Uh, let's see, was it? Uh, uh, John Blank here, Arizona State guy that made the uh, got third in the world. Um, only, only Arizona State guy knows Zeke Jones. No. Zeke Jones at 14 later. This was back in 70. Billy Rosado. Billy Rosado. Okay. Rosado. Billy Rosado uh, was a, the Olympian in 1976 at 105. And by 77 and 78 after that, uh, by 78, we were taking him out. Um, and he was, we were, he pinned him. We were pinned him once in, in, the, in the trials in 76. He pinned him about Wow. And then Rosado beat two out of three to make the team. So yeah. he, and he was really, really good. He was 
he was pinning rest of the world champs when he was in high school. Did did he have much of a college career because of his size? What's that? Did he have much of a college career because of his size? He got third. He got third at the NCAA's when he was in weight Wow. But he was he he wrestled at one hundred and five and his max weight was like one hundred and twelve. Yeah. I mean he was and he was he was and he was he was just too small for one hundred and eighteen. Yeah. Um, I loved watching those little guys. I loved watching those little guys. We went to the World Championships, my wife and I, a few years ago when I was in Vegas, and uh, there's these little little old guys walking around, and I'm like, "You see that guy right there, Casey? That was a, that guy was probably a 105 pounder. He'd rip your freaking arms off." <laughs> well, man, is there anything else you'd like to uh, you'd like to talk about or tell us? Uh, I, I wanted to. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to say something real quick about Mark Schultz. That guy was a freak, too. In 10 years, he was a three-time world champion, a three-time NCAA champion, and a high school state champion in California. And, and that's all he did was 10 years. He did all those things in 10 years. And I saw that the yeah, other day. He was... What a physical specimen he was. Oh, my God. What, a, what an athlete. Yeah. I, Man. I, I used to, you know... I used to always look at other wrestlers and think like, okay, if I was his size, if I was at his weight, how would I, what would I do with him? How would I mask up? I remember looking at, I'm looking at, like, I could figure out how I could, what I would do against some people. I remember watching Mark Schultz wrestle. I go, I don't know what move I would have that would work on me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd not at his weight. Question I'll ask you, and then I'll uh, I'll let you go. Uh, how are the Hawkeyes going to do next year? Are they going to win it? You know, um, I think they got a good chance, but uh, I'm, I, it, yeah, a lot of that's going to depend on what happens at Penn State. Um, I'm hearing all sorts of rumors about Seth Rose transferring there, about Kassar getting a sixth year. Um, they're eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we got a good team. 
But we need, you know, we can't go in there at the number four seat and end up seven. Yeah. Uh, at 97 and some of the other, you know, we, we need to be top four and finalists. And I think we got a good chance of it. Uh, I like what our coaching staff is doing. Um, um, but they, they need to, uh, you know, Penn State, they got a great thing. They got some great things going out there and don't know what their lineup's going to be. Um, don't know how he's I, I, like, do you know, is, is uh, Kassar coming back for sure or is he not? Uh, I haven't either. It sounded to me like he wasn't sure if he wanted it. I think they were going to definitely give it to him if he wanted it, but it sounded to me yeah, like... I, yeah, but really, I mean, it's just like, yeah, okay, you just won the NCAA, you won another team title, okay, sometimes, you know what? I don't know if he... I don't know if he's sorry whether, you know... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably graduated, so really, you want to have to go... I, I believe... I think then you have to go to grad school. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he wants to go to grad school. I don't know. Know what? Uh, I think he wants to fight. What? I think he wants to fight. Yeah, he wants to go out and make some money. Yeah. Um, yeah, you only got something to train, or get on. You know, is he gonna? Is he gonna wrestle and try out for the freestyle world team this year or anything? You know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. Not, yeah. I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of. Whether Iowa or Penn State is going to be the favorite next year depends on one. Will Kassar come back at heavyweight? Will there? I can't think. Who's their 84 opponent that was number two seed in place? Uh, that was uh, Shakur Rashid. Yeah, Rashid. Yeah. Don't know if he's coming back. Uh, I've heard. I've heard ten different things about Seth Rose. I heard. I think they did. They uh, did. Let's see. Did. Uh, Penn State get a transfer in at 25. I don't really know how good he is. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to redshirt RBY. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. But uh, Iowa has a good chance of winning next year. And uh, but they need, to, they need to step up. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I hope I get to meet you someday in person. I, uh, are you going to the, You're not going to the U.S. Open, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm not either, but uh, um, I've got a little boy at home, but when he gets a little older, I, I love going to the U.S. Open. You can get right down there, and I watched a match right by Tom Brands one time, right right on the mat apron. It was really uh-huh. freaking cool. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 40. I'll be 44 at the end of May. Uh-huh. So How old your kid? He's only five months, five and a half months. Oh, so, okay. You waited a while. Yeah, I sure yeah, did. Do you have kids? Oh no no just the just five month old boy. Uh huh. Okay. Are you on Facebook? Yes, sir. We're friends on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's that? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, whenever uh, whenever I I get this uh, uploaded and everything, I'll let you know. And if you could share it and all that, that'd be cool. And uh, again, I really really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me today. So yeah, no problem. Um, it, where can people find you? Uh, do you, if you want them to find you on Facebook? Yeah. Okay, I'm Randy Lewis. You can give anybody this number. Anybody. Cool man. 
Well, I really right. appreciate you. God bless you, Randy Lewis, and uh, and I'll let I'll let you know when it's up. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, everybody. That was Olympic champion Randy Lewis. Um, man, that guy has done so much in uh, the sport and wrestled so many guys and beaten so many good guys and uh, absolutely, without question, one of the best uh, to ever step onto the mat. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. <clears throat> you know what a big wrestling fan I am. And uh, as always, go to makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N-ithappen.com. Help out little Bo Macon. And my website is timgathercomedy.com. It's got all my uh, my links and... Uh, um, social media and all that stuff, so follow me on there, and uh, yeah, that's it. God bless all of you. I appreciate you listening. Take care. Bye.